Got 20 minutes? Then you have time for a Bible study. Welcome to another episode of 20-Minute Bible Studies. Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Over the next several minutes, you're going to hear an important message directly from God's Word and have your faith and knowledge increased. All you have to do is listen. Now, here are your teachers. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Andy Balog. And I'm Jordan Pine. Let's get started. Today, we're going to look at two verses from the Apostle Paul's second letter to Timothy. The first few words of this first verse are known and quoted by every Christian, but we want to go a little bit deeper and understand the meaning of the rest of this section of Scripture. Join us now as we listen to the Word of God. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. We begin with the SPACE method. SPACE is an acronym that stands for Speaker, S-P, Audience, A, Context, C, and E, Explanation. We created this acronym to remind Bible students to think about who was speaking and to whom, what was happening at the time, and the theme and message of the verses leading up to the scripture reading. We believe it's critical to consider these things before attempting to interpret scripture. So let's use the space method here. Okay, the speaker is the Apostle Paul. This is clear from the beginning of the letter, which states that it was written by Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. Paul reminds us that he is a full apostle, which means he spent time with Jesus. Not only did he meet Jesus, as we know, on the road to Damascus, but he suggests in Galatians that he was taught by Jesus himself for three years. Here's Galatians 1, starting in verse 11 and skipping around a bit. Andy? The gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, but I received it through revelation of Jesus Christ. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Then three years later, I went up to Jerusalem. So whatever happened during those three years in Arabia, we know that Paul went on to write most of the New Testament, founded most of the early churches, and became the most responsible for the spread of Christianity to the Gentiles. We also know he was given a special, deeper knowledge that he called my gospel in his letters. So, Jordan, why don't we start with the first one? Okay, that's Romans 2.16, which reads, On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. Amen. So, we look at that word there, those words, my gospel, and what he's alluding to is that according to the gospel that God gave him, this good news that God gave him, that he knows that one day, 
Jesus Christ will judge the secrets of men. And Jordan, it kind of reminds me of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. And I'm going to read those verses quickly. Okay. According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through the fire. So you could see there that scripture directly correlates with Romans 2.16 as far as that my gospel that Paul was talking about, this, you know, this deeper knowledge, this deeper understanding that the Lord gave him, which was basically a teaching or a direction for Christians now that we're saved. How should we live and why should we live, you know, righteously? There's a purpose behind it. Yeah, it's a gospel of works, which you can't conflate with the gospel of grace, you know, uh, the gospel of first salvation, which is not of works. So Paul's gospel, we're starting to see, is a, is a gospel of works. So it's a, it's a different teaching than, you know, believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Right. And this doesn't replace the gospel of grace. It's something that occurs for a Christian after, after. they receive grace. Right. Excellent. All right, read the second one for us. That's Romans 16, verse 25, which reads, Now to him who was able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which has been kept secret for the long ages past. Amen. Jordan, this also reminds me of another scripture. Um, I go to Matthew 24, verses 13 and 14, and I'll read that for our listeners. And it goes, and this is Jesus speaking, saying, But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. So here we see, again, connecting with Paul's gospel, his gospel, that once we're Christians, we need to continually endure. And it's not because that we're afraid we might end up in the lake of fire, but it's because that there's a, a, a good news of the coming kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus Christ is coming back to rule and reign on the earth for a thousand years. And we need to be prepared righteously and spiritually so that we can please God at his coming. What does that phrase, revelation of the mystery, which has been kept secret for long ages past, mean? You know, briefly, I know it's a deeper topic. Yeah, Jordan, so I think the key word here is the word mystery. And a lot of people, you know, who might not be Christian or people who haven't studied that word might think it's, you know, something that is is mysterious, something that is like mystical. But no, actually the word mystery here in the context is that there's a hidden truth that God wants us to know about that might be set aside for a specific group or a specific type of Christian who is uh, driven by God to seek his face, someone who wants to go into deeper understandings. And and what God is trying to say is that, you know, this, this gospel, my gospel, has been reserved for the end times in these last days right. for for everyone listening right now. Yeah, that, that's key, I think, is the, the kept secret for long ages past. You know, there are many passages of the Bible that talk about that, that the knowledge that we've received now, that they received then, you know, people, the prophets of old and the wise men of old longed to know these things because they were yet to come in the future. And much of it was fulfilled, of course, with the, with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But 
um, you know, Paul's even saying like his gospel is, is coming into the fullness of knowledge that for, for generations, you know, people long to see and to understand. Amen. Yeah. And God has his timing, you know, he has his, his divine purpose of when he wants these truths to be revealed. And it's an honor and absolutely a privilege that God is revealing them now. Okay, Jordan, read that last instance for us. Yeah, so the third appearance of the phrase, my gospel, is 2 Timothy 2.8. Remember, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel. Amen. And what we're going to do is, I, it makes me immediately think of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. I'd like to read that in context, so maybe we'll do that a little later. Okay. So when we read this letter, the letter to Timothy, which is our scripture reading for today, we should look for hints of this special knowledge that the Apostle Paul um, was bringing to his, his readers and to us that he called my gospel. So let's move on now to the audience. Andy, what's the audience? Sure. Well, the audience is primarily Timothy here, and he was a pastor and Paul's protege. And we know, for instance, Timothy was from Lystra, a city in present-day Turkey that was part of the Roman province of Galatia, as in Galatians. Yeah, we also know his father was Greek and his mother was Jewish, um, which is interesting, you know, and, and there's an issue in, at that time because he was uncircumcised when Paul started mentoring him. And because he would be ministering to many Jewish believers, Paul later had him circumcised. That's in Acts 16.3. Uh, it's important because Timothy, like Paul, would have understood both the Jewish and Gentile perspectives. Don't forget, Paul, back when he was Saul, was very well educated. He was a university-educated Jew, if you will a part of the Sanhedrin. So, um, you know, he had that Jewish perspective, understood the scriptures in and out, and then, of course, had a blinding conversion to um, Christianity, met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and became, you know, sort of the the ultimate Christian, if you will. So he had both of those perspectives. And, And Timothy, as his protege, also had a similar background, a similar education in both Jewish and Christian thought, because he was of a of a Greek father and a Jewish mother. Right, exactly. He was also a spiritual adolescent, but more mature than many of the spiritual babies that Paul counseled. And we we could see some of those, if you will, spiritual babies, especially in the book of Corinthians. Um, he was... Sorry, I just want to interject. Yeah, it's important when thinking about the audience to also, besides thinking about who they were, whether they were Jewish or Christian or whatever, to also think about their spiritual maturity, because right. I've often heard, for example, people take people will take verses out of Corinthians and quote them as, as if it's knowledge to you know, mature, mature Christians. And it's, it's, you have to always put that in the context. No, he said that to them as a rebuke, or he says to them because they were babies, you know, and they needed, they needed to be spoken to like Christian, you know, spiritual babies. Huge point. Very, very big point. Now I'm glad you, you mentioned that. He was well on his way also to understanding the deeper mysteries of God that Paul understood. And he was chosen as Paul's emissary. For example, when Paul was unable to go to Corinth, he actually sent Timothy to represent Paul and his teachings, and you could read that in 1 Corinthians 4.17. And later when Paul was in prison, we read that Timothy was sent to Philippi, and we read that in Philippians 2.19. And so close were Paul and Timothy that actually both names are listed as the author of six of Paul's letters. Right, so Timothy was really the successor to to Paul, uh, and you can see that in how they did co-authorship of letters. Moving on to the context, you know, the context, not to be too dramatic about it, is that you know, Paul's about to die, and he's passing the torch. Right. Uh, this is one of the so-called pastoral epistles, which relate to the conduct of the church leaders, a.k.a. pastors or shepherds. It's also a prison epistle in that Paul was a prisoner in Rome when he wrote this letter. 
Yeah, and the time, I believe, is about 60 years or so after Christ's death and resurrection. As for the Bible context, let's go back to the chapter before. 2 Timothy 2, I'll start in verse 1. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Yeah, before going on to the next verse, I just want to comment there that Paul is suggesting that these teachings be offered to faithful men. Okay. And not just the average Christian, but a faithful Christian, which we could read from parables that Jesus gave us that that was actually a category of Christian. It's one of the highest levels of measuring uh, the type of Christian or the level of a Christian is by Jesus categorizing him as a faithful man. So little words like that are very critical when you're doing a Bible study to pick up. Yeah, you're setting the table for something deeper, right? Exactly. Verse 3, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Verse 5, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. Jordan, maybe you want to talk a little bit about the prize here and why this is a critical topic and helping us understand the purpose of what Paul was writing toward, to Timothy? Yeah, the prize, you know, once you have your spiritual ears on, should jump out of you every single time. And there's also a mention of the gift in the Bible. So when you when you read about the prize, you know that we're not talking about um, salvation by by faith through grace. We're not talking about salvation from hell. We're talking about qualification for the kingdom. We're talking about the daily cleansing and salvation, sanctification, if you will. And and mainly mainly though the word is qualification, um, living your life with a purpose to to achieve this prize that he's going to elaborate on. So the prize is always about what we call second tense salvation which is after first ten salvation, the, the salvation that's not of works at all. Right. You know, it, it's by the grace of God. It was just through faith. This is the this is the um, second ten salvation, if you will. It's the ongoing salvation of the soul. Yeah, very well spoken. And, and actually, you could probably go to uh, Romans chapter 6, which talks about the gift. Also, Romans 11.29 talks about the gift and how that is completely different from the prize. And we know that a gift, for instance, is something that we might receive on our birthdays. And it's just because we were born on that day, right. people that care for us and love us offer us and give us a gift. Whereas the prize is something that we have to strive and train and work for. And um, it's, again, it's a, it's a different type of teaching and it's not for the lost man. The lost man can't win a prize. It's for a Christian who by grace has been called by God. And now that we know we're Christians, you know, we, we have to strive and have to live righteously for the opportunity and the hope of winning that prize. Skipping to verse 10, for this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Amen. You know, believe it or not, these are some of my ver favorite verses in the Bible, Jordan. And and the main reason is because it brings out a truth that many, many people who are reading this really might have a difficult, you know, time understanding God's point and God's purpose. And, you know, I know we've talked about this many times that, you know, sometimes we suggest you got to put on your, 
you know, kingdom goggles, if you will, to be able to see these clearly. And I mean, without getting into it too deeply, I definitely suggest that we would probably have a, a study on these in the future. But if we jump right down to verse 13, we, we read that verse and it says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That's assurance right there. And one verse. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean... You can't lose your salvation. Even if, we, if you're completely faithless, he'll remain faithful because he can't deny himself and you're part of him. Exactly. And right. we know that the Holy Spirit is sealed within us unto the day of redemption, right. according to Ephesians Amen. 4.30. So... I mean, of course, there's a lot more going on here, and we'll, we'll talk about that in the future. So, Okay, so continuing with our contextual analysis, in the next chapter, the chapter in which our scripture reading appears, the Apostle Paul outlines two types of works by citing specific examples of each. One is works of the flesh, or bad works, and they include, as, as is listed, loving oneself, loving money, being boastful, arrogant, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unloving, a malicious gossip, conceited, a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of God. He also counsels Timothy to avoid men who hold to a form of godliness, even though they have denied its power. Then he praises Timothy for his works of the Spirit or good works. And in 2 Timothy 3.10, he writes, You followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings. Continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, he adds in verse 14. And then in verse 15, he writes, From childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I just want to call out the tense there, too. Are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation. But wasn't Timothy already saved? Yes, the New Testament Greek word salvation, or soteria, can be translated deliverance, preservation, or safety. In other words, he is not talking about deliverance from hell here. And also notice the phrase, in Christ Jesus. Jesus has three names, Christ, Jesus, and Lord, that are used separately and together in different combinations to emphasize his different roles. When you see the name of the Lord Jesus Christ appear, I even said the Lord Jesus Christ, when you see those names, a combination of two or three names appear in a certain sequence, there is actually some meaning behind that. It's not just random. Uh, You know, the, the Apostle Paul didn't choose his words randomly, he chose them carefully. So here, Paul puts Christ first, and that word means Messiah or anointed one, essentially the promised king. So he's emphasizing his kingship. Another way to translate this then could be, the sacred writings, scripture, are able to give you, Timothy, the wisdom that leads to preservation or deliverance from the attacks of the enemy I mentioned earlier. Wisdom which comes only through faith that Jesus is the coming King. Amen. So now that we know the speaker, audience, and context of our scripture reading, we're ready to an attempt and explanation. So let's hear it again. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Verse 17. So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Notice how these verses go with the one before. Paul is elaborating on how Scripture is useful for gaining the wisdom he mentioned earlier. And it's clear in this context that the salvation he's talking about is not salvation from hell, but preservation from falling short. And the question is, falling short of what? Let's go back. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 once again reads, If anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize 
unless he competes according to the rules. Yeah, and if you want to do your own study to get a little more detail on that, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. And then 2 Timothy 2, verse 10 again, For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation, soteria again, which is in Christ Jesus and with it eternal glory. And what I want to pull out here, Andy, is that it says the chosen may obtain. So that can't be salvation from hell. We just talked about assurance and we read a verse that is lock solid about the fact that we can't lose our salvation. So this may construction, you know, may or may not, can't be talking about salvation from hell. Exactly. And if you want to get a little more study on that, go to Matthew twenty-two fourteen and Romans eleven twenty-nine. Continuing in verse 11, 2 Timothy 2, verse 11. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. Verse 12, if we endure, we will also reign with him. Amen. So how do we endure? Our scripture reading tells us right here. We need to stay in the word for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that we may be equipped for what? For good works, of course. And so that we may be judged adequate on judgment day to rule and reign with Christ in his coming millennial kingdom. And that's the prize that Paul was speaking about. Amen. And that's our lesson, which means we have just a few minutes to explain our initiative, Get 20, Give 20. Get 20 is our reminder that you can get a 20-minute Bible study anytime you like by visiting our website. We archive all lessons and make them available for free at 20minutebiblestudies.org. You can listen online or download them for later or even subscribe to the podcast version and have new lessons automatically delivered to your favorite smart device. Even more important, our website is the place where you can join in our Bible studies by sharing your comments and asking any questions you may have. And we have a growing Facebook community and a discussion forum. When you're on our site, you should also sign up for email alerts so we can let you know when new lessons have been added. Also, when you sign up for email alerts, our first email back to you will include a link to a special series we put together titled 10 Mind-Blowing Things You Didn't Know Were in the Bible. It's an eye-opening set of Bible lessons, and it's our little thank you for joining our online community. It's all online at 20minutebiblestudies.org. Or, if you don't want to type so much, 20mbs.org will get you there faster. Moving on to Give 20. This is our special initiative to reach as many spiritually hungry Christians as we can. We know so many Christians find it hard to make time to study God's Word and then feel guilty they're unable to do it. Studying the Word of God is so vital to our spiritual growth, and yet it can be so hard sometimes to find a good study group and then attend that group on a regular basis. This is why we created 20-Minute Bible Studies. Everyone can find 20 minutes for God, and now, with this audio program, that's all Christians will need. They can listen to a Bible study whenever and wherever they like. The Give 20 initiative is your chance to participate in this great ministry and receive the special blessings that come from spreading God's Word. By giving just $20 per month, you can help us create more lessons and reach more believers than ever before. Plus, we pledge that every cent you contribute will go directly toward recording and broadcasting more lessons like the one you heard today. And since our ministry is an official nonprofit registered with the government, your donation is also fully tax deductible. To join our Give 20 initiative, visit 20mbs.org and click Donate. And finally, 20-Minute Bible Studies is a ministry of Mysteries of the Kingdom, a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating Christians in preparation for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
If you liked what you heard today and want to go deeper into God's Word, we strongly recommend you visit the website of Mysteries of the Kingdom, MOTK.org. Yes, these radio studies are just 20 minutes, but our MOTK lessons last as long as needed to fully understand whatever passage of Scripture we're studying. So if you're interested in learning more about what you heard today, you'll definitely want to check out our in-depth, multi-part studies, which are available for free at MOTK.org. Thank you so much for your 20 minutes. I'm Andy Balog. And I'm Jordan Pine. May God bless you. Thanks for joining us for another 20-minute Bible study. Special thanks to the family of Pastor Gary T. Whipple, to the Abundant Life Worship Center for the music for our show, and to Tom Pine for our scripture reading. I'm Steve Zioli, and until next time, may the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. All rates reserved, Mysteries of the Kingdom Incorporated.